five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Podcast on the internet. I'm busy here trying to find the appropriate rap background after that song. Maybe I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the all seeing eye today. It feels like an appropriate background image for that tune. Uh, Fiona Apple, criminal. I think that really fits with the moon Pluto conjunction and Aquarius. Like the, the, the entire voyeuristic quality of that video and the sleaze of it. Like that's a sleazy video. And it's like, you know, Fiona Apple, how old is she when she records that video? She's what, maybe 17, 18 years old at the most. So there's this weird, I mean, even if she was like of age, she doesn't look it right. She's got this adolescent, clearly an adolescent body, adolescent vibe. So there's again this kind of weird voyeuristic, uh, you know, the Fiona Apple is like the forbidden fruit in some ways, but then they're putting it right in front of you. She's actually an incredible artist, really incredible artist, and I think the song is amazing. I mean, just just the again the sort of the down tempo feel to it and the hooks and and she basically is like fucked over a dude right i mean that's what she's done she's fucked over a nice guy who loves her and she's indulged in like a weekend of the flesh parade the soft parade right and she's dealing with her conscience but apparently conscience isn't strong enough to resist the temptation and now she's in this uh, place of dark redemption, theoretically, right? I think, it's, I think it's a great song. And I think it's a very appropriate song for the Moon-Pluto conjunction. I actually saw Fiona Apple perform live a long time ago. It was around 20, shit, no, back in the 1990s. It was 19, I can, I can tell you, it was December of 1996. And that record was just hitting. And I remember um, driving across the country doing tarot readings, and I wound up in um, Taos, New Mexico. And uh, they have this radio station there, KTAO. And uh, a friend of mine, actually, years later, I would meet the guy that that uh, owned that radio station. And Got to know him and went to a couple events there. Cool guy. Great radio station. Tremendous radio station. 50,000 watts, solar powered. And, and so I, I stumble into Taos 
and everybody's listening to KTAO. And they're playing Fiona Apple. It's the first time I heard Fiona Apple. I'm like, wow, who is this? Where did this person come from? They're really talented, right? And then I discovered that video years later, actually. Like, I wasn't hip to that video for a while. I just knew the song. And I, I always dug the song. In fact, I that was one of those songs where it went on replay for about two or three days. There's just something about that tune, man, that just really got inside of me. And not Fiona Apple, that kind of came later. And I can't, I can't lie, right? You know, I just, there's the, it's visually arresting in a lot of ways. Um, and some might say exploitative, maybe, perhaps, um, but it's all about conscience, the battle of the conscience, doing a deal, and uh, in some ways being kind of unapologetic for doing the deal, but still feeling bad about it. There you go, Fiona Apple, criminal. Speaking of criminal, we'll be talking about Donald J. Trump today. <laughs> the Trump thing just always blows my mind. It's 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 the Trump is the gift that keeps on giving. Just when you think, just when you think the gas is out of the bag, oh no, the bag gets gassed up again, and. Last night, he was on CNN, a town hall. Okay, let's just think about that. Let's think about the inversion of the universe that we're currently living in. Tucker Carlson is no longer at Fox News. The, 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 the so-called face, actor, whatever you want to call Tucker, of conservatism. The man who has uh, risen up through the ranks of the Blue Blood Networks to begin to rub shoulders with the with the uh, with the populists is gone. We'll talk more about Tucker later. So Fox News is essentially being, for lack of a better term, castrated. Right? Tucker was Tuck. Whatever you think of Tucker. He was he was the dangling balls, you know those those little those little uh, brass balls, silver balls you see dangling off of the bumpers of trucks, which I think are ridiculous. But that's who Tucker was. I mean, let to be fair, Tucker would take on the pharmaceutical industry. He was he you know the whole relationship with watching Tucker change through COVID was fascinating. Because when it hit, you could see Tucker doing everything in his power to stay inside the lines with the whole thing. And he uh, would speak respectfully of Fauci. Like he, Tucker was willing to kind of toe the company line on COVID for a while. And you said this guy, Dr. Mark, what's his name? The guy was a big buffoon. Oh, my God. And Tucker had him on almost every night. And I'm like, yo, do you really believe this guy's shit? You know, and and I think Tucker was, to the best of his ability, trying to be a professional and listen to all the information. And 
And then eventually that guy stopped showing up, right? They phased him out. And then the, the attitude towards Fauci became much more antagonistic. And he became much bolder in his denunciation of Anthony. And I watched, I, I watched it. I was paying attention that whole time. And there was, a, and I, and I do think that um, COVID changed Tucker. Like it did a lot of us. And I was having a conversation with one of my clients yesterday. And of course it drifted into um, losing a friend and not a friend that was lost due to some uh, malfunction of their body due to the the shot or anything else. It was, you know, the loss of a friend because her and the friend were not speaking as much or, or they, 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 their relationship had irrevocably changed. Right. And one of the things that I've thought about, and I, I shared with her is that COVID really revealed who people were right. Like, like it, it's really interesting because paradoxically, as the mask went on, the masks came off. I mean, think about that for a second. As people had to don these fucked up and fake surgical masks, wear a bandana or whatever stupid fucking thing that allowed them to go into a store and play their little mind control game, right? And, and I'm sorry, if, if you had to do that, I, I feel bad. I feel terrible for you. It must have been demeaning. And you must have gritted your teeth through every single moment that you had to um, sacrifice your moral standards. Very compromising positions. And, you know, I think, did I ever have to put a mask on? Uh, I avoided it like the plague. I had a friend in the hospital here in Fredericksburg and I put a mask on to go see him from the lobby. It's just so fucking weird. Like, I, I mean, just looking back in this and we knew it, right? We knew it at the time. Well, Mercury retrograde reminiscing. We knew it at the time and it was just so ridiculous. The rules were so ridiculous. And, and they knew it, right? It was, it was, it was as if they were they were going to be set up in a way that you were aware of the hypocrisy in every single moment. Putting a mask on to enter a restaurant and then take it off at the table. Like, how fucking stupid is that? Looking back on all this, and we knew it, right? We just knew it was stupid. It, it, it made no sense at all. Zero. And yet, there were moments where, in some situations, we were forced to comply. And I know a lot of you on the West Coast had to do it. I'm sorry. Maybe the East Coast as well. I'm sorry you had to do it. It, I would say that that is akin to a humiliation ritual, 
Like, like they were humiliating every single one of us when we had to do that, knowing deep down inside that it didn't matter a fuck if they worked and it didn't really save anybody. And that was just the beginning. They were just getting warmed up because they had the shot ahead of them, right? The vaccine was on its way. All entrainment. And I know that there were a lot of you who had to put the damn mask on just to get by, right? But there was the line in the sand that was coming. It was the hypodermic needle. And to your credit, many of you refused steadfast. And the few of you who did who did not, and you had to take the shot, I, I have no judgment whatsoever for, for you. If you were aware and you, on some level, you, in your mind, you had no way out, right? Like I, I, some level, I get it. You know, we have a listener of the show uh, who is um, in her late sixties. She's a social worker in New York. I've told the story before. She had no recourse. Maybe she did. I don't know. I don't know the the ins and outs and the folds of her life. But when when you get to, you know, sort of your late sixties and you have really either no family or no supportive family, you have no friends or no supportive friends, and the entity that you're dependent upon which is the city of New York or the state of New York to pay you because you're a social worker and they're not going to pay you. I don't know. I have a lot of sympathy for that person. I have a lot of empathy for that person. And they were faced with a choice, which was, uh, you know, I'll take my chances and I'll take my shot with the shot or I'll be on the street. And who wants to be a late, who wants to be a woman in her late sixties hanging out in the streets of New York? I wouldn't. It's calculated risk, calculated gamble. I don't blame her. I have no, no, no blame, no judgment. I have no judgment for people who are in situations like that at all. I've told, I've said this. I guess I do have some judgment around people that were being sanctimonious and were real pricks and they took it. And it's like, good, good. You were lording your morality over us. But they, they just got us going with the mask. And COVID revealed the true nature and character of people, right? This is what happened. And I'm not perfect. Now, I had some moments during COVID where, you know, I, I had to have a little bit of a reality check, especially early on. So, you know, I, I clearly, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be in my ivory tower and, and Oh, well, I made all the right choices. There were moments where I was, not that I was going to get take the mask or get the shot, but, you know, let's just say my fight, fight or flight kicked in. And then it didn't. And I got through it. I got I got through it. I got on the other side and then that was it. Right? It's It was sort of like the tremor release model. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not outside of my own, my own, 
jurisdiction when it comes to looking at where I was at a certain point in time. But once I got over that moment, I was in, I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, let's go. Right. And that was it. It kind of got it over early. And I think we all had moments with COVID. I mean, let's be honest where we, you know, there was some level of freak out some level. And maybe it was at three, maybe it was at four, maybe it was at 10. I don't, I don't know where your level was. And I was not freaking out for a while, but I did have that. I had a, had a spike protein freak out moment. And then I came off of that. And then that was it. And I think uh, it was 2020, right? Like not long after it happened. But after that, you know, I, I, you know, I found my hill, like this is my hill now. And for a lot of you it was your hill. And then for me, what happened is that it, it helped me, it really helped me build my character in a lot of ways. And, and it was, it, it, ultimately, I think it was really good for me. You know, I learned about uh, responsibility and showing up. And it's not always sexy. It was like, this is it. This is, this is, this is what I got to do. And I think a lot of you did the same thing in your own way. And a lot of you were, it's a Mercury retrograde moment. A lot of you were, were really information warriors and you were sharing videos and you were sharing um, links and websites and doing your best to be the Paul Revere's in your own families, lives and communities. Often, at times, um, being rebuffed, uh, chastised, and um, ultimately excommunicated. That's exactly what happened. And there was a, you know, a separation of the wheat from the chaff or wheat from the tares, whatever they want to call it in the Bible, whatever it is in the Bible, that's what happened. People got sorted out during COVID and we found out really a lot more about who people were and what their true nature or their true character was. And it's a very interesting moment in history. And one that I don't think we'll ever fully recover from, either financially uh, and the amount of deep social engineering um, that took place during that time. Because the, the whole thing was such a maelstrom of these, uh, these, these social furies. You, you had George Floyd and, and the whole summer of Floyd, and you had the whole COVID thing. I, I mean, we hadn't seen a catastrophic moment like that in this country ever. And all of it was tied to Donald Trump. All of it. So when we think of Trump and we look back on Trump or we look forward with Trump, Trump the person, Trump the brand, Trump the legacy is all connected into that. And it, it connected in a way that it, it is very subconscious too. I mean, think about all the the just 
mind-splitting trauma at that time. And who's the president? And how does the visage of that individual get seared into the brains of people who were really at the heart of the largest social experiment ever launched on humanity? It reminds me of uh, the great movie, The Parallax View, with um, Warren Beatty. And how Warren Beatty is basically plucked out by uh, an agency within the agency to program him to become a shooter. It's a brilliant movie, man. It is such a brilliant, brilliant fucking movie. It, it's part of um, Alan J. Pakula's um, Paranoia Trilogy. The first one is Clue, which is a really good movie. Second one is Parallax Union. Third one is not the best. It's called Rollover with Chris Christopherson. But the themes that are dealt with in those movies are amazing. Include you're dealing with you know, corporate power, compromise, hookers, escorts, uh, murder. It's a really interesting backdrop to kind of a modern version of a gritty film noir shot in new york it's really it's a good movie by the way i saw jane fonda on the cover of people magazine at the at the at the, at the uh, market and she's you know oh i'm getting better with age getting older is getting better then she's got her, you know, million dollar face on the cover of People magazine. And it's like, yeah, you you getting older is getting better, and aging is getting better. If you have a shit ton of money to throw at it, if you have a shit ton of money to hire trainers and massage therapists and chefs to prepare your meals, and you get to sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. Uh, three or four nights out of the week, you get acupuncture, you have all these resources to help defer the maintenance. Well, you have all these resources to deal with the maintenance of aging. Yeah, sure, it's getting better. But if you don't have those things, getting older, trust me, Jane, you're living in a fucking bubble and we all know it, okay? Like you, it's It's like, it's like that moment where you're putting on the glasses on, you know, they live and you see the, the magazine cover and, 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 and it's uh, like consume or die, consume and die or whatever. That's all you see. Right. It's just so it's weird. It's just, it's, you know, because as we go through this whole thing with COVID, which is a very powerful initiation ritual in a lot of ways and people wake up, I guarantee you that there are people that would have viewed that magazine cover differently four years ago. They would have viewed it differently. Now they see that magazine cover and they're looking at it through a completely different lens. And that lens is, this is bullshit. 
right? This is part of the lie. And so COVID is very complex. Like it, it's just, it, 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 it's this weird thing that happened and really powerful. Powerful in the sense that we were all tested and and I would say most of us came through with passing grades at the, and at the end, and it, it is the end, right? Like the who basically, nah, it's over. Biden removed all the, you know, the mass and hospitals and all these other places, right? Rochelle Walensky steps down. It's over. It's in the rear view mirror. Now, Sylvia Brown said we might, it might come back again, like in about 10 years or something like that. And then it goes away. I, I mean, they, who knows? I, I, the, it is going to be one of the weirdest chapters in fucking human history the last three years. But it was a very powerful awakening and a separating as well and painful. And nobody ever said waking up was a picnic. Right, Peachy? All right. Um, let's get into Chattoria. See how you guys are doing. Uh, we got TJ, Sony, Crossfire Cats here today. SP Dimple sighting. C Pines. Think, uh, Fiona Apple, yeah, man, I'm a, I, I love that tune. There's no need to hear "Underdog" is here. No need to fear "Underdog" is here. Cool, I like that. Uh, let's see, Julie Sunshine. What? What? Julie Sunshine is a winner of a thousand dollar Firestone gift certificate. Yay! It's sometimes it's the little wins that are tremendous. When Soul Traveler's here, congratulations, big cat lady. Uh, let's see. Huckabuck 411. Sea Pines, just the bad girl intro, though. No. You can't win if you don't play. I love that. Is this Fiona? Yes, it is Fiona Apple. Uh, Dolly put himself as the Dolly is a weird motherfucker. He's so weird. That whole scene was weird, man. If I could only go back in time, yes. He is megalomania was so outrageous that it's endearing. He bought a theater and turned into a museum dedicated to himself. And wrote Diary of a Genius. You know what he that's really interesting, SP. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. I forgot about that uh in the Astro Weather. But he railed against death. He believed that a true man of genius like himself should be allowed to contribute forever. <laughs> he was he was that he was that convinced of his brilliance. And he's like death. Death. I'm a genius. This world needs me. That's that's true. 
let's see who else do we have here scrubbies oh we know you name check we'll just throw everybody in there scrubbies dolly must have had fight sometimes he did and sometimes he didn't I had read also that that Dolly um, was a member of the Priory of, of Scion. Although I can't confirm that. Kelly B's here. What's happening, Kelly? Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Past Lives Matter. Great, great, great handle. Good to see you, Harriet Bowie. Ah, there we go. Tamara's name dropping now. Everything. The universe is restored to its original order. Uh, let's see. Beth Berry, double B. What's happening, Beth? Scrubbies. I woke up at uh, 4 a.m. Mountain time. Couldn't go back to sleep. Tried. So hot tubbed. Made videos of my water filter not working. Washed off 28 jars that I canned yesterday. Read a bit. Man. That's some productivity. Uh, I'm on a nineties kick. I'm, it's that more down tempo. It's kind of a down tempo. We think that is very productive for sure. My jacuzzi is my savior as well. I would like to have a jacuzzi. Next place I live. I want to have one. I want to have one. It's funny. My, my kid has been, um, He's in an interesting process. I get these calls from recently and uh, these FaceTimes and he's bringing up the past, not in a bad way, in a good way, like the things that we used to do. And he's revisiting like these, not personally, physically, but online, he's revisiting these places that I used to take him when he was, when he was young. And, um, Yeah, I'm actually about to get emotional here. Where'd that come from? Um, so we, so I had a really super magical time with him when he was young. It was great. It was we had so much fun. Like like that nine year stretch. Really, if you move it forward, 10, 11, 12, that period from basically zero to twelve, and really uh, zero to ten. Man, that was like the the. If I could die, if I had the opportunity to dial up like the ideal father experience. And it was it. That was it. I totally experienced that with him. We had so much fun. And um, he had dialed, he, he had, he had looked at this place we used to live at in Point Richmond. It was a funky place. Um, it was interesting, but funky. And they had a, um, a deck in the backyard. And there was this massive avocado tree that was growing um, on the property behind us. And so every now and then we'd be the recipients of avocados. Not as good as lens. We get some avocados. And my kid, who's a Pisces, loved to take baths. He was the bath freak, right? Little Pisces. And this place that I moved into did not have a bath, had a shower. <laughs> I went to this... Um, 
I, I guess it was like a a yard sale, but it wasn't quite a yard sale. It was more like this um, woodworking shop around the corner was having a sale of things. And I asked the guy if he had a porcelain tub. And he said he did, but not there. That he had it in San Francisco. So I bought this porcelain tub and I had it delivered. And I hired some guys, a fucking heavy ass tub. I hired some guys to haul this tub down these stairs and put it in the backyard. And then I hooked up uh, these hoses where normally I would have a washer and a dryer. And I, so I didn't have a washer and a dryer. I, I basically um, used the two faucets, right? The hot and the cold to, because um, they have these connectors where you can tie one hose into one thing, one hose into another, and they meet in the middle. So I could modulate the hot water and the cold water. And um, so I, I did that. I, I, would, I ran the hose from where the washer is. I saw all the same floor. It wasn't like huge, huge operations right out the door. And that was, that was this tub, right? It was this porcelain tub uh, in the backyard in this crazy place in Point Richmond. And he actually brought that up in, in one of these kind of uh, Mercury retrograde memory lane moments that he's having. And it was, it was fun to, to think about that time, but I always, I mean, I dig hot tubs and I dig baths and my next place is going to have a, a hot tub. You could all, you could all come over. We could all hot tub together. We could all hot tub time machine together. Let's go back to the 1990s. Taos, New Mexico. Join me at the cafe that I heard Fiona Apple for the very first time. Let's all meet there. All right. What else do we have? Uh, let's see. My eyesight sucks today. I didn't get much sleep last night. I was up watching the Warriors play their rigged playoff game against the uh, Lakers. I fucking hate the Lakers. I realize that now. I realize that the, watching this series has has triggered my my subconscious uh, detestment of the Los Angeles Lakers, which I've had for many years, but it's just been buried. You know, I, I go I go hot and cold with sports, and the Warriors have been much better than the Lakers. But now the Lakers are there, and LeBron is there, and it's just unctuous. It's, the Lakers are unctuous. The Warriors aren't much better. They're all SJWs, but I'll take, uh, ah, that's really weird. Cause I was thinking about it last night. Like I think, I think San Francisco is Sodom and LA is Gomorrah. And when the Warriors played in Oakland, it wasn't so sodomy. Okay. Let's see who else we have here. Oh, is Wendy not feeling well? Where is she? Is she in here? Here she is. Wendy says, hi, Wendy. Uh, let's see. Mostly just listening today. Not okay. All right. We got you. We got you. Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. It's the Tucker tape. When the mandates came, Tucker woke up. I think that, you know, COVID changed Tucker. I'm telling you. COVID changed Tucker. Like it changed all of us. 
Uh, let's see. Look at Tom. Tom coming in with some some car talk. I should do a car talk show with Tom. Remember those guys? Taking was it click and clack? Those guys were cool. Uh, let's see. Yes, big hugs. Big hugs to, to uh, our dear friend, Wendy says. Kathy Kramer's here. Uh, Astro Laddie. Hell for the kids whose parents turned to hypocritical hitters. Hitlers. Yes, poor kids. Fuck. Those kids, those kids, I'm telling you, man, those kids are, they're going to exact their vengeance one of these days. I know that. The obsession with the safety rolls on. Yeah, now it's on the gun safety. That never goes away. I purposely went the wrong way in those store aisles. Good. Good. People were killed over the mask. Absolutely ridiculous bullshit. So SPs over in Europe, she says, I still see people, children with masks. What are the parents thinking? They're not. They're not thinking. Their parents are on automatic pilot. They, they, they are property of the state. Mark M is here. What's going on, Mark? Cremo refused every freaking time. I, I, would, I would think that you would live up to your uh, anarchic spirit. Uh, good morning. I have some other two verbose. Thank you. I, I have, I'm trying to keep it concise, but sometimes a lot to talk about. Uh, Equa, what's happening, Equa? God, we got a great crew in here today. Julie Moss left you a message. Uh, oh yeah, I think I saw that, the Bono thing. Was Bono pimping the shots? He was, wasn't he? Fucker. It's too bad because the other guys in the band are very likable. Like the Edge is really likable. I think the Edge is a Leo, if I'm not mistaken. And Larry seems very likable. And Adam, you know, seems pretty likable. The other guys in the band just seem likable. Bono. The last time I saw U2 was in Houston. I think it might have been maybe 2020, maybe 2019. It might have been 2019. I saw you two in Houston. And the first half of the show, um, I thought was quite good. And you know what's really interesting about that show? Bono started to get preachy. And and you could just tell that that the crowd in Houston was not feeling it. They weren't feeling it. They were like, come on, dude, read the fucking room, okay? You're in Texas. You're in Houston. You know, you're not in New York. You're not in San Francisco. You're not in Seattle. I, I was registering the looks on people's faces as they got deeper into the, the programming of the, of the concert. It was interesting. And by the second half of the show, I was tapped out. I spent most of the time hanging out by the concession stand. I couldn't stand it. 
Um, let's see. Almost nobody in my circles would listen or watch stuff I'd send them. Yep, it, it, it was the Berlin Wall. It was the Berlin Wall. Let's see. Anybody else? Anybody new here? It's never ended. Um, well, I think yes and no. I think it just morphed into something else. But that thing itself. Pakula is amazing. He really is. Alan Pakula is very amazing. Great director. Secret tapes. Yes, the whole paranoia. I love that. To me, man, the 70s, the 70s, the 60s and the 70s are like the golden age of cinema. I'm not a fan of 80s cinema. I think the 90s are actually better than the 80s. The 80s, everything just gets prepackaged and, and it, it's and then, and then the 80s are playing like they're starting to play with like special effects. And a lot of the films that they use the special effects in are clunky and they don't work. You know, you're like, eh, I didn't age well, did it? And even the music, they're playing with synthesizers, but they're not like these analog moves or, you know, they sound farty. I'm not a huge fan. And, and you get a lot. I, so I'd heard, I think it was Jay Widener who said that when the 70s ended, uh, the, the Department of Defense and the Pentagon got heavily involved in uh, the, to some degree, the production of movies. Like there were, there were scripts that they had. I mean, they, there was this really heavy duty, top down control around people and what they were going to uh, produce cinematically. That they got very heavily involved um, at the end of the 70s. And when you see the 80s films, you know, like Top Gun, right? You can see it. You can see the hand of the military industrial complex kind of, you know, with these um, puppet strings over the productions. Has anyone seen Polly Purebred? Oh, underdog. Good question. Lynn, you you are a, a, a master at navigating aging. Uh, the thought police is trying to mess with your minds. Deanna. Deanna's here. Good to see you. Sheila Sampson. Hi, Sheila. Uh, let's see. What else? Yeah, I think Dolly knew some shit. The surrealists were all weird homo socialists, commies. Let's see. Where are we? The Rolex Dolly. All right. Should we talk about Trump? Chataria hot tubbing, hot tub time machine. Yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah, so 
the saga of my mother. <laughs> oh my God. What a story this thing is, man. What a story. All right. So you want the latest chapter? Here's the latest chapter. Uh, she, she now has, uh, for, for the next week, she has 24-7 care. So there are these women who have uh, been hired uh, by my mother through uh, a friend who knows and trusts these women. So I've talked to these women on the phone. They're super, super nice. And there's a lot to kind of unpack in some ways with this, but one of the things that they did, what they found out, this is what they found out. They're paying very close attention to my mother. My mother had fucked up her pill-taking schedule. She's got one of those, you know, that those giant, you know, daily pill things. You, I know you guys know what they look like. They're color-coded and everything. You know, it looks like some kind of weird technology from the future, but it's really just for your meds, right? So my mother has one of these things. So she's taking all the stuff, right? And one of the things that she's supposed to take is a diuretic because she's got congestive heart failure and fluid buildup and all those things go along with it. I don't know how long it's been, but she had not been taking her diuretic, right? She had not been taking her diuretic. And these women figured it out. And they said, no, you're not taking it. You, you've been taking more of this thing and you haven't been taking the other thing, right? And so when you have that condition, the diuretic is really important. And um, so these, you know, God bless these women, right? They were there and they, they, they saw that. <laughs> in, in, in my, my mother's, and I, so I talked to this woman, right? She's super cool. I think she's Brazilian. And we're talking and, uh, and I'm like, she's keeping me apprised of what's going on. Oh, thank you. You know, it's, thank you for doing that. And, and <laughs> so then I call later, much later in the day and I'm talking to her. And I think that I can have a rational conversation about the, the missing of the diuretic. Right. And she, she's like, Oh, I've been taking my diuretic. And I'm like, what? You've been taking your diuretic? No, you haven't been taking your diuretic. So she got really adamant that she'd been taking her diuretic. And I said, look, I just talked to you. I'll, I'll leave her name out. And she's right there. We put her on. And so she got really, really defensive. She wanted her to talk to me. So in her mind, right, like, because she took it in the morning and in the afternoon, that was it. She'd been taking it. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You have not. And you've got to like cop to that. When you go to the doctors, you've got to tell him that you have not been doing this. Right. It's just so, it's so weird. Like to, to watch that in action. And anyway, uh, that's not really the point of the story. The point of the story is this, is that, these two women have come in and they just by them being there and just by them 
uh, cooking my mother breakfast and talking to her. And my mother even knowing, like, like this is like overnight care, right? One of them is sleeping in the den in the in the uh, fold out fold out bed. That my mother's condition is improving. Right, she's eating more. She's more engaged with life, and a lot of times healing isn't rocket science. For some people, it's really basic and fundamental. Human contact, to know that they're not alone. And I know that we all have to come to this moment where we face the ultimate trip alone. Um, unless you're in Jonestown. But um, I, it, it, you can just see sort of the 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 the, the um, magnetic resonance shift and her becoming more interested in daily life because somebody is there like it is the connection and the contact with another human and these people are very nice they're nice women so sometimes healing is just that easy you know sometimes we don't need you know fifth dimensional machines or or a bevy of uh, supplement. Sometimes it's really just a conversation or contact or a phone call to let people know that they're just not alone. And I, I think those kinds of things have very salutary effects. And from a distance, I can see that, right? I mean, I'm not there, but, you know, I'm getting reports and her, you know, her, her attitude and her appetite, it's all improving. And it's improving because there's somebody in her space and somebody in her space that she believes cares. And I think that's a, it's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And you bring it back, unfortunately, to COVID. And, you know, and we were talking about this in the chat with parents uh, and forcing their kids to, to take the mask and, and take the shot. And it's, and it's the exact opposite of that whole formula. And it was it was really fear masquerading as care. You can't slice it any other way. It was fear masquerading as care. And how twisted up did we, how twisted up did we become to get there? My God. I guess we should talk about Trump. Let me go, let me go over here. Fiona Apple. Let's see. Let's get some Trump firsthand. I got the full show here, and uh, I'm going. I'm going in. First of all, let's see what let's see what AOC has to say. Let's see what AOC has to say. It's all bread and circus. This is from. Fox News. I'm going in blind here. I just want to see what AOC has to say. 
Biden taking a jab at Trump after the town hall, tweeting, quote, it's simple, folks. Do you want four more years of that? Well, a lot of people do. If you don't pitch into our campaign, I added the part in the middle. Uh, this is both President Biden and former President Trump have kicked off their campaigns for the 2024 presidential election. And uh, here's what the mainstream media had to say about all this. And it was an interesting night. Uh, Mr. Trump's first lie was told just seconds into the night. He never concedes any error. He never concedes doing anything wrong. If you're watching this, trying to figure out what's going to happen to America, you should be very worried. This is a man who is so wholly unfit to be president of the United States. I hope that was clear as day to viewers. What we saw tonight was a series of extremely irresponsible decisions, and I could not have disagreed with it more. It was shameful. Beverly Hallberg is the president. I just want, I just wanted to see what she had to say. It wasn't, uh, that wasn't rocket science. Let me go over here. So is this the whole thing? Where's the whole thing? Donald Trump town hall meeting. Uh, let's see, play some clips here. David Pacman. That guy made a huge, huge error. Here, let's, do, let's watch some clips. What do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out and they went up. Okay. But for E. Jean Carroll, who won her case against Trump, the verdict was worth it for all women. There's a sort of a feeling of victory that at last somebody has held him accountable in a courtroom. Former President Donald Trump. Despite the timing, CNN had already taken a lot of blowback for staging a live town hall with Trump answering to an audience of Republican and independent voters. I wouldn't interview a man who has used live interviews to incite violence and tell lies who has in the past encouraged violence against CNN itself. There has never been a greater dereliction of duty. Republican Liz Cheney released a new ad warning of normalizing Trump as an ordinary candidate. Donald Trump is a risk America can never take again. Trump had refused interviews with CNN for seven years and had furiously fanned a nasty feud. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. CNN is fake news. I don't take questions from CNN. John Roberts of Fox. Let's go to a real network. But that was then. Trump has now soured on his former Fox News family. Donald Trump does not like Fox News. That's where you start. He feels they betrayed him. At the same time, new leadership at CNN is trying to pull the news network towards the middle of the political spectrum. When we do politics, we need to represent so both the question sides. Is, by I way, think it's important I, for America. So Trump seized the moment, still boasting he's a ratings maker. CNN is rightfully desperate to get those fantastic Trump ratings back. They made me a deal I couldn't refuse. Why should Americans put you back in the White House? That was a rigged election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. It's very bad for our country. It was old familiar Trump bulldozing through, falsely calling the 2020 election rigged. Really? Really? They're all fucking rigged. They're all rigged. I want to see, I want to see, uh, can't we just get like just straight Trump? I just want straight Trump here. Disgraceful performance. Let's see. 
You went all in, though, man. You went all in on this thing. Yeah, let's try to go back. It was the resurrection of the Trump Phoenix. Uh, Trump Town Hall, CNN. Let's do some videos. Let's play this clip. Trader fact checked the former president multiple times tonight, and at times it got a bit heated. Former President Trump met a friendly audience in New Hampshire. He even drew laughs when he mocked the trial in which a jury found him liable for sexual abuse. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings him up, and within minutes you're playing hanky panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> Trump also defended comments he made on the Access Hollywood tape saying he could grope women. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. So you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. On abortion, he says he favors exceptions for rape, incest, and the mother's life, but would not say if he'd sign a federal abortion ban. Some people are at six weeks, some people are at three Where, weeks, two President weeks. Trump? Uh, President Trump is going to make a determination what he thinks is great for the country. Did you hear that? He went third person. He went, I don't think I've ever heard him go third person before. President Trump. The third person thing has always waked me out. Throughout the town hall, host Caitlin Collins often sparred with Trump. I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you're a nasty person, I'll tell you. Prompting testy moments. Given many opportunities to accept the 2020 election results, he continued to make false claims. And he would not take a side in the ongoing and bloody war in Ukraine. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. Outside the town hall, voters on both sides and opinions haven't budged. All they're doing is spewing out more lies, trying to drag him through the mud. It just reinforces what I already knew, that he, he can't be trusted. He's not an honest man. Now, the president was also asked tonight if he would accept the results of the 2024 election, and he would not absolutely commit to accepting those results. Uh, that was vintage Trump. And he he was on uh, he he was on friendly turf. New Hampshire, mostly conservative. It is the first state primary, right? Well, it starts with New Hampshire. And Trump is always way out ahead of the pack when it comes to campaign strategy i mean his run during 2016 was masterful and I, i'm not the biggest trump guy okay i think that trump either directly or indirectly is culpable for a lot of the damage that we experienced over the last three years there are certain things that he has to be accountable for i mean really accountable for mostly his you know scumbag son-in-law and daughter who made a shit ton of money by cozying up to him in the White House and cop blocking a lot of his decisions, which is on the record, by the way. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, 
but you go back and you watch 2016 and he was just masterful in those in those debates like for a guy who never theoretically debated before there's no record of trump like kamala harris being the captain of the debate team like trump doesn't have that in his background that's that's he's never done that shit right lots of uh, tv interviews the apprentice but debating was not part of his uh really his background unless he took you know secret lessons from roy Cohn in the basement of some you know pyramid beneath the un i don't know maybe that's maybe that's what happened but uh he like shredded everybody and when he was done with somebody he was done he didn't spend much more time on him it was just like i got that guy i got that guy i got that guy i got that guy i, got that guy. I mean <laughs> You could just see they were just like falling like dominoes. And the first guy he went after was was uh, Bush, Jeb Bush. The, the energy comment was classic. It was funny. And Jeb Bush was done. He was done after that. He moved on. He went after the biggest whale, which was Jeb Bush right, in the Bush machine. And then he, and then he, then he turned his sights on uh, Marco Rubio. Then he just called him bubble boy right and then he then he moved he didn't waste any more time on marco rubio um and i think the next guy he really went after was ted cruz because that was his biggest competition and before he was done dispatching with ted cruz he'd already moved on to hillary clinton and that was it he was and i watched that whole thing i'm like man this guy knows what the fuck he's doing and it was it was merciless So I was fascinated by that whole process. And I think we're seeing the reanimation of that Trump. Now, apparently his buddy owns CNN. And, and can you see what's happening? There's, 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 there's this pole shift going on with CNN and, and Fox News. And wouldn't it be just so apropos with Pluto and Aquarius that CNN becomes more conservative and Fox becomes more liberal. It, it would just make total sense. And in some ways, you can already see it happening. Don Lamont is gone at CNN. Uh, Brian Skelter, Stelter, whatever the fuck his name is, is gone from CNN. It's only a matter of time before somebody like Joy Reid is gone from CNN as well. She'll be the last, but she'll go. And then all those pundits up on the stage will be replaced by more moderate pundits. They'll find people in the middle. CNN will attempt to rebrand itself as the middle ground. You can already see the guy. That's what the guy was, was talking about, right? CNN will be the network that would be fair and balanced, and Trump won't. Trump won't dance with Fox anymore. After they called Arizona. After after that little shit, Brett Bear just called Arizona. What the fuck? You just called Arizona? You got half a percent of the vote in. You're calling Arizona now. When that was troubling, that that was just really troubling. Whatever you think of the election, like calling it of all places, Arizona, with like half a percent of the vote or whatever it was. It was like what? Everybody was stunned when he said that. 
you know, and, and, and those kinds of things have psychological effects on people. They were still voting. I think the polls were still open. And so if you hear that, what do you think? Oh, gee, guess it doesn't matter. I remember as a kid watching the, the whole process. You, you know, you, there's a certain point in time you start to pay attention. Like, what is this? What's going on here? How do they know this? How do they know these things? How do they know these projections? And I, I remember maybe being in my teens, maybe it was, maybe it was the Carter election. I was pretty aware what was going on. Like the weird thing is that you had the Nixon election in 70, 72. Um, and then halfway between there, he's gone. Right. So in 72, uh, I was 12 years old. Right. And so he had, he had two. What's interesting about Nixon is his second term is kind of like Kennedy. Although Kennedy only didn't even have one full term, but in his second term, it was uh, Kennedy's first term, it was three years in, gone, done. And close to three years, not quite. The same with Nixon. So, in a weird way, they both suffered um, hits. Again, whatever you think of Kennedy, whatever happened, it's a hit. Um, so there was no election, really, with, like, I, I mean, I I paid attention, you know, and I tried to make sense of these conventions and everything as a young guy, you know, like, this is America, and this is what we do, this is what it's about. But it really, really didn't click for me until 76 when, when Carter was elected, because I was, you know, much more aware and much more dialed in. And and I started to watch the whole projection thing, projected results. And I'm like, why are they doing this? Why, why are they projecting these? How do they know? How do they, they haven't counted all the votes? And I, and I get it. It's based on a sample size that they believe could be, um, representative of the of the electorate right but to me that was just a red flag you're predicting winners already based on a small number and in some cases i guess you can make a case for that but it just it was a red flag for me it, it felt very manipulative and then when you move forward and you go into 1980 you can go back and watch the results of the 1980 election. They're declaring Reagan winner of that entire election a little over two hours into it. Just you go back and watch it. Like two hours into the election, they're, they're basically pegging Reagan for one of the largest landslides in modern American political history. Even that is suspect. Two hours into the fucking election. Now we got to wait two weeks until all the votes are counted, right? Back then, you didn't have to wait two hours. It was done. It was a done deal. And for me personally, watching that just turned me off to the whole process. Like, how could you? 
and I was no Carter fan by any stretch, but like, how can you, how can you determine this? There's something very off about the whole thing. Felt very predetermined, if you ask me. So I've never been a fan of that whole process. And even the election night in 2020, it was, uh, Trump was way out in front. He was way the fuck out in front. He had commanding leads in a number of states. And I believe he did. And, and even in that regard, right, it, it was, oh, here we go. They're projecting that he's going to win this state. And then you wake up the next day and it's like, whoa. It was like a blink reality. It was like you're in one reality. Although I could feel it the night of the election. I could totally feel it. We had a, I think Tom was there. I know Tom was part of that little live stream we did. And I just remember watching, I think it was the war room with Bannon. And um, and I think it might've been around maybe 10 o'clock central time. I started to get a weird feeling, like my spidey senses were kicking in. I'm like, uh-oh, this is something's going on here. <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. And he still had enough of a lead that I kept telling myself, eh, just, you know, trust the process. But there's no way. I mean, it was, I just knew. And sure enough, the next day you wake up and it's like, man, man, it was like Dark City. They just changed the reality while you were sleeping. They just changed the reality. You woke up the next day and it's like, this motherfucker Biden's going to win. And it was all happening in real fucking time. It was all happening in real time. It, it, again, it, 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 it's like the whole COVID thing. If you were really paying attention, you knew it was bullshit, whatever it was, right? And some people got sick and they got through it and they got natural immune, whatever it was, I wasn't one of them. But most people knew who were switched on, who had a light bulb in their head, knew it was bullshit. It was the same thing with the election. It was bullshit. It, people knew it was just bullshit. And if whatever platform is going to reproduce this uh, stream, listen to this part, most elections are bullshit. I don't think the Obama election was bullshit. The first one, I think they ran. I, I think they just said, let him, let him count the votes. We're good. We're good on this one. We don't have to fudge the votes. This guy is a slam fucking dunk. I don't think there was any, any election hijinks involved with Obama. First Obama one, Obama two is a different story. Obama two is different. I think, I think there's a very good chance that Romney won that election. By Obama's second term, people were turned off. They were turned, they were, and of course they have the guy with no ears running again, fucking Mitt Romney. The best you could fucking do. I think that one, they, they definitely tinkered with. But of all the most recent elections, Obama won. Let him count the votes. We're good. 
we're good. We know, we know where this is going. We don't have to intercede at all, but almost every other one. Well, I guess if you go back to Nixon and Humphrey, I don't think they fucked with that election. I think it was going to be a landslide. It was, and it was 1968 was a landslide. The country was on fire. The Democrat, unlike 2020, when the country was on fire and people knew that the, uh, the democratic slash progressive slash socialist leadership was tied to the hip along with, you know, look, let's face it. The alphabets were tied to that too. Whether they were current alphabets or former alphabets like Clapper, um, Comey, whatever, right? Like the, 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 uh, the spurned lovers of the uh, security state under Trump, right? They were, I, guarantee they were involved brennan like they all had they all they were all part of the obama regime they had all these connections and all these moles how could they not be involved an animus true animus towards trump but in 1968 people saw what was going on with sds people saw what was going on with the weather underground and people saw that it was a country rapidly tilting towards the bad version of anarchy and then ultimately socialism. They saw that and they voted for Dixon and his opponent Humphrey was a good old, you know, they call them Humphrey Democrats representing the working man, the working class unions, all the values that most uh, blue collar, lower middle-class to middle-class Americans would ascribe to. Humphrey kind of was the sort of the the epitome of of, of fairness in some ways that, that the Democrats could at times muster, but he had no charisma at all. He's one of the most boring fucking people. I spent I spent a couple of hours one day going through and watching like his campaign speeches and um, places that he would stop along the way to talk to people. I was like, man, it's kind of like watching. He was as born as Mondale, but he he was he was not Mister Charisma. So it was easy, right? Nixon. They didn't have to throw that that election in 1968. That was Nixon's. And maybe Henry Kissinger had something to do. But the public, who had spent eight starting from 1963 to 1968, so five years under Johnson, eh, they weren't going to go there. No, they weren't going to go there. They were done. I don't think that was rigged. I don't think the 68 election was rigged. Um, I think the 64 election, one that is often forgotten against Goldwater, I don't think it was rigged. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I think LBJ had the um, the luxury of the Kennedy effect. Like, how could you not vote for the guy out of some degree of sympathy, right? Like, oh, yeah, boy, that's awful. Will you go finish what he started? We believe in you. Then you had this kind of crazy guy from Arizona who was a, you know, super paleo conservative. And 
in some ways, Rockefeller, I'm not sorry, um, Goldwater, <laughs> maybe not too far afield. He was, he was, in some ways, he was a confrontational character. Like Barry Goldwater wouldn't, he would fit into the, into today's political discussion. And a lot of the ideas and things that he theoretically stood for, for people that are supposedly conservative on the right, they would, they, they would cling to, they would be like, yeah, we like this guy, right? He was kind of ahead of his time in some ways. They didn't have to rig that election though, right? America was wounded and grieving and deep pain. It would be only a year after Kennedy had been assassinated that that election would take place. And Johnson was shooting. I don't think it was rigged. That was not rigged. Nixon in 68 wasn't rigged. Uh, Nixon in 72, he was, that was not rigged. The Carter election, that's a different story. That is a very different story. The election, the results between him and Ford were much closer than people uh, realized. And the whole wild card in that situation was John Anderson, the third party candidate who drew votes away from Gerald Ford. Um, was that kind of a rigging? I'd say so, a little bit. And I think Anderson ran again in 80. He did the same kind of trip when Carter was going to be reelected or trying to be reelected. <laughs> I think the Kennedy-Nixon election was rigged. I think Nixon more than likely won that election. And uh, old man Joe did a deal. He did a deal to get with uh, the Jewish mob and the Italian mob, both of them, and Israel. He did the deal to get his kid elected, and that's what happened. I think Nixon won in 1960. Uh Eisenhower, easy slam dunk. I don't think Eisenhower's elections were rigged. Truman, on the other hand, rigged. Anyway, just a, a trip down memory lane. Mercury retrograde. And uh, there you go. Have we voted for our friend Chris? Let's go into Truham Science. Do a little Truham Science love and then we'll get out of here. Oh, let's see. Here we go. Where is it? Trim science. All right. So if you're listening on the radio or podcast side of things, here we go. Truehemscience.com. Some of the best darn CBD you can get on these here internets. It's so good that even the people in Texas will take and like it and enjoy it. I remember when I first got here, we had a, a health food store in town. Still there, but they're not doing the same thing. They were selling CBD, and some woman got pulled over with CBD products from their store in her car. 
And the fucking cops went there and made them take away all of their CBD. That was in 2019. My how my, the times have changed. Oh, by the way, big shout out to uh, Donna D, Double D. She's starting her own. She's starting her own hemp farm. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Anyway, some of the best CBD you can get online, in person. If you're in Austin, you can buy the shop. Go grab it. All you got to do is spend $100 or more on their product. Type in 15MINS, that's trimscience.com, and you get free product. 30-day money-back guarantee. Not bad, right? And $150 more, you get free shipping. Let me see. Can we still vote? Let's see if I can throw a vote in here. Loading. Oh, okay. Here we go. I'm casting my vote right there for true him. I have to sign in. This sucks. This is a sucky process. I don't want to hear. Uh, I guess I'll do this. I don't want to give you my bona fides. Oh, now I got to register. Assholes. Here we go. This is love. This is love for my guy, Chris. Here we go. I'm sure some of you had to take these painful steps. But we're in Taurus. Tell us why. Because it's the best damned CBD in Austin. And Chris is a CBD God. How's that? Here we go. I'm voting. I'm opting out of the pet store. I can't speak to any of them. I'm done with that. And I'm done with the show. All right. Thanks for being here. Uh, Friday forecast tomorrow. I'm not sure if we have a guest. I got to check with uh, Thor by the door. Something tells me we do. Anyway, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be there. Thanks for being here. Use your head in order to determine what's real. Your heart to set what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. You've been listening to 15 Minutes of Flame. Shataria, much love. And everybody else, all the same. Bye for now.